0: Hi everyone, I have a very special episode for you today, but before we get underway, I would like to thank two people who have contributed to the podcast on Patreon. First, I would like to thank Matthew, a new first-time supporter, as well as Lavonne, who has increased her monthly pledge. So thank you to both of you, and if you want to support the podcast, as did these two lovely people, please go to patreon.com countermelody, and it's relatively easy to figure out how to make a monthly or a yearly contribution. Yesterday we had the sad news that that towering musical figure Burt Bacharach, composer, conductor, arranger the creator of the 60s pop music sound, died yesterday at the age of 94. I'd like to pay tribute to him with his own performance from a 1970 television special entitled Another Evening with Burt Bacharach, singing his song, A House Is Not A Home, one of his very best, and he's joined after the release by the incomparable Dusty Springfield. A
1: chair is still a chair Even when there's no one sitting there Oh, but a chair is not a house And a house is not a home When there's no one there To hold it tight And no one there You can kiss Now and then I call your name Suddenly your face appears But it's all a crazy game When it ends, it ends in tears Don't let one mistake keep us apart
0: Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week you will encounter me, Daniel Guntler, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. this week's episode. That dulcet-voiced goddess of song? I think most of you have seen the title of today's episode and you know who it is. It's Martina Arroyo, who on February 2nd celebrated her 86th birthday. She's ten years and eight days apart in age from another black diva whose birthday is indeed commemorated on this very day, Leontine Price. The two of them were all too often compared According to Martina herself, she was often confused with Miss Price, and she would tell people, no, I'm the other one. Well, Martina Arroyo is so much more than the other one. Every so often when I'm preparing an episode, I get deeper and deeper into a singer's output, and I find myself more and more in love with their artistry, And that was definitely the case today. A born-and-bred native New Yorker raised in Harlem to a working-class family, Martina Arroyo conquered operatic stages and concert platforms around the world and was celebrated for a voice of such shimmering beauty, such solid technique, as one rarely, rarely hears. She was celebrated as one of the great Verdi Sopranos of her generation, indeed of the last century, but she was so much more than that, and this episode will explore many different and sometimes hidden aspects of her artistry. Young Martina graduated from Hunter College at the age of 19 with the intention of becoming a teacher. She had always sung in church and sometimes in imitation, of recordings that she'd hear, and at the age of 21 won the Metropolitan Opera's Auditions of the Air. There exists a recording of her singing O Patria Mia at those auditions. She gives a not quite 100% solid reading of the climactic phrase up to the high sea, but yet for a 21-year-old soprano this is pretty impressive. Let's just give it a quick listen. of course, has been the downfall (laughs) of many different sopranos. But eventually, Martina mastered this phrase like almost no one else, and we can hear in this live 1971 performance, just 13 years later, the incredible way in which she shapes this line. ¶¶ Tina Arroyo is one of a long line of singers who studied with the famous Madame Gorevich. Camilla Williams, Shirley Verrett, according to another report that I saw, Grace Bunbury, although I hadn't been aware of that, all studied with her, as did many others, including Naiko soprano Brenda Lewis, and just a whole bunch of brilliant singers from that era. Arroyo credits Madame Gurevich with having given her the technical foundation that saw her through a decades-long career. Before I go back to the early years of Martina's career, let us listen to a few examples of that solid technique that gave her a platform to become also one of the most quietly expressive singers of her generation. First of all, here's a live recording of a portion of Ernani in Volami from Verdi's opera Ernani. I don't know the details of this performance, but I suspect it's from the mid-1970s. from a little circulated 1980 recital LP recorded and released in Germany. Here is Martina singing a portion of Un Bel di" from Madama Butterfly. She has said that Butterfly was one of her favorite roles and she certainly invests the character with a good deal of subtlety of expression and generosity of voice. Arroyo has said in numerous interviews that she cannot sing a role in which she does not find her character to be sympathetic. She's also said that one of her favorite assumptions was Lady Macbeth. I remember when I was a kid in high school writing a paper about how Lady Macbeth was actually a sympathetic character. I still believe that to be so, even if she is monstrous in her actions. Anyway, here are the climactic phrases from the end of the sleepwalking scene that everybody listens for, and I have to say, I've rarely heard it sung more beautifully. This is a live recording from 1973. Because of that extremely solid technique, Martina was able to take on bigger roles later in her career, including Zenta in Fliegende Holländer and the title role of Turandu. We're going to hear a portion of the riddle scene. I've done a little subtle editing here, and we go from the opening salvo, Straniero Ascolta, to the second riddle just because that shows what incredible power there was behind that solid technique. Now let's go back, let's go way back to the early years of Martina Arroyo's career. As I said, she won the Met auditions in 1958, and as a result was offered a contract at the Met, which included a debut singing the celestial voice in Don Carlo, and other small parts, up to and including the forest bird in Siegfried and the third Norn in Goethe de Maron. She has stated that Rudolf Bing told her that she should go to Europe and get herself some experience singing the bigger parts. She took that as a bit of a kiss-off, but went over to Europe where she got a good deal of performing experience, initially singing as a guest at the Zurich Opera and other houses. Eventually, of course, in 1965, the Met did call, Birgit Nielsen was taken ill, and they needed Martina to step in at two days' notice to sing the title role of Aida. And of course, from there, her Met career was legendary. But for the moment, let's remain in Europe with Martina in the very early 1960s. There's a beautiful, I mean exquisite, 1961 Lida Abend recording, in which she is accompanied by the pianist Donald Nold. I'm going to offer you three selections from that right now, in quick succession. First is one of those early Italian songs that are given to so many young singers, Per Pietà, by Alessandro Stradella. This is the kind of song that by its very simplicity is extremely difficult to bring off. It's usually something that completely overwhelms and conquers a young singer. And yet already Arroyo in her mid 20s has completely mastered the simplicity of expression. <laughs> guess from her last name, Arroyo, there is a Hispanic vein in her heritage. Her father, indeed, was born in Puerto Rico, although she has said that he was more American than she would ever be, and in the end had forgotten all of the Spanish that he knew, and therefore she never really associated herself with that culture. That said, she still sings the bejesus out of a Spanish song, which she would often program on her concerts. And here is a song by Joaquin Nin set to an anonymous poem. This is Polo from that same Liederabend recording. Martina Arroyo wound down her performing career, she once again returned to her roots as a teacher and served as a professor of music at Indiana, where she offered a course in role preparation that eventually became the basis of the Martina Arroyo Foundation, which was established 20 years ago this coming June Two different programs are offered by the foundation, a role preparation class and a summer program entitled Prelude to Performance. Students are put through their paces learning all aspects of role preparation, singing, expression, stage deportment, everything. My dear late friend Lloyd Ariola was involved with the foundation and often spoke about Martinez's dedication. One of the things that Martina was committed to throughout her career was clear, concise text projection, pure and simple, as a means to getting to the root of the meaning of the music. I'm going to offer you two examples of Martina singing Lida Repertoire that give evidence to her long-standing dedication to diction as a means of expression. First, by Johannes Brahms, Mädchenlied. Brahms wrote several Mädchenlieder. This is the one that begins with the words Auf die Nacht in der spinnstuben And it describes a young girl at her spinning wheel in a room filled with other girls, excited about their upcoming courtships and weddings. But this poor girl has no one who's interested in her. And she asks herself, why do I even bother?
1: Auf die Nacht in der Spinnstum, da singen die Mädchen, da lachen die Dorf um, wie fliegt in die Rätchen. Spät jedes am Brautschatz, dass der Liebste sich freut, nicht lange, so gibt es ein Hochzeitgenau. Ist, wer macht mir Fragen, wem mir zu Mut ist? Wem soll ich's klagen?
0: was known, especially in those early German years, also as an extraordinarily gifted recitalist. We are extraordinarily lucky that a 1968 recital from Schwetzingen with the American pianist Leonard Hokanson was released a number of years ago. From that recording, we're going to hear Franz Schubert's song Ganymede, set to a text of Goethe. This is an enormously challenging song for the singer. Ganymede was a beautiful mortal that Zeus became enamored with. Zeus himself transformed himself into an eagle to abduct Ganymede, to carry up to the Elysian fields to become his cup-bearer. Of course, Ganymede has become, over the years, a gay icon, a beautiful young man who was elevated to godhood by virtue of his beauty. Goethe focuses on Ganymede's connection to nature and being lifted up into the heavens. The final phrases of this song are notorious because they're so long And singers usually find themselves catching an extra breath or running out of breath altogether. But listen to the ease with which Martina dispatches those final phrases. It's just one of the many things to savor in her delicious performance here. One thing that Martina Arroyo is renowned for is her delicious sense of humor. If you haven't listened to some of the interviews with her that are available on YouTube, you really must do so. And the one that I recommend more than any other is A Singer's round table from, I think it was the 80s or 90s, which featured Martina, Shirley Verrett, Grace Bumbury and Riri Grist, it is one of the most hilarious things I've ever heard. Over and above it just being funny, it is also a testament to each of these women's dedication to her craft and the great respect and love that they each bore one to the other. There's another Singers' Roundtable intermission feature from the Met in which Arroyo is joined by John Alexander, Cheryl Milnes, and Donald Graham. Also uproariously funny. I recommend looking these up. You will be in stitches, and you will be, as I have been, more and more and more in love with Martina Arroyo. From a 1974 telecast, which was only reproduced in part on YouTube, Here is a portion of the cat duet by Rossini in which Martina is joined by her friend and another extraordinary diva, Regine Crespin. Now we're going to start exploring some of those avenues in which Arroyo excelled, but which you might not even be aware of. First of all, very early on in her career, she made two different recordings of Handel's Israel in Egypt. In the late 60s, she recorded the role of Delilah in Handel's Samson under the baton of the distinguished German Baroque maestro Karl Richter. Here's a 1963 recording, a little rough and ready, of the final Rondo aria from Bach's cantata BWV-209, Non sa che sia dolore. This is the aria Ricetti Gramezza e Pavento, in which the orchestra of La Fenice is led by the Italian maestro Vittorio Gui. This is a live performance from December 1963. <laughs> Here, Martina display her chops in a completely different repertoire. That is the notorious German composer Karl Heinz Stockhausen's piece, Momente. She sang in the 1961 premiere of the piece and also participated in the 1965 recording made for Virgo Records, as well as a 1966 documentary film on the piece. I've featured Martina singing excerpts from this piece a couple times on the podcast. This time, I have decided to use an excerpt from that documentary film, in which she clucks, clicks, claps, squeals, giggles, and does everything in between. Would submit to you that Arroyo's most important creation was singing in the first performances in the newly opened Philharmonic Hall at Lincoln Center of Samuel Barber's extended concert aria, and Andromache's Farewell. The work was premiered by Martina Arroyo and the New York Philharmonic under the baton of Thomas Shippers, who became one of her most frequent collaborators and advocates. Though the work was undervalued at its premiere, it has since become recognized as one of Barber's most important vocal pieces and an important bridge between his two operas, Vanessa and Antony and Cleopatra. Barber himself described the dramatic situation in a program note he wrote for the premiere of the piece, Scene an open space before Troy, which has just been captured by the Greeks. All Trojan men have been killed or have fled, and the women and children are held captives. Each Trojan woman has been allotted to a Greek warrior, and the ships are now ready to take them into exile. Andromache, widow of Hector, Prince of Troy, has been given as a slave wife to the son of Achilles. She has just been told that she cannot take her little son with her in the ship, for it has been decreed by the Greeks that a hero's son must not be allowed to live, and that he is to be hurled over the battlement of Troy. She bids him farewell. In the background, the city is slowly burning. It is just before dawn. Here's an excerpt from that work, a recording made For Columbia Records after the 1963 premiere. Martina Arroyo was also celebrated for her Mozart roles, primarily Don Elvira and Don Anna in Don Giovanni, both of which she recorded. Sometimes people said that Arroyo was too placid a singer, but I'm going to play for you a portion of the recitative leading up to Don Anna's first aria, Or sai chi l'onore? This is the 1973 studio recording made under the baton of Colin Davis. We briefly hear, as Don Ottavio, the Welsh tenor Stuart Burroughs, who just this week celebrated his 90th birthday. Arroyo's Don Anna is anything but a shrinking violet here. This is one of the most dramatic portrayals of this scene that I've ever heard
1: i che sotto il sacramento d'amicizia, ma come fu? Narratemi lo strano avvenimento.
0: Martina Arroyo also sang with great success the music of Giacomo Meyerbeer and other composers of French grand opera. Of course, there's a very famous recording of Les Huguenots with Joan Sutherland, in which Arroyo sings the role of Valentine. And there's also a lesser known radio recording in which she sings the title role in L'Africaine, the Queen Celica. Here is a portion of that beautiful aria from the second act, Sur mes genoux, fils du soleil. Gerd Albrecht leads the orchestra der Bayerischen Rundfunks in this recording from
1: 1977. <laughs>
0: I mentioned that Thomas Schippers became a real advocate of Martina Arroyo, and the two worked frequently together. He engaged her to sing the soprano solos in an obscure Beethoven cantata, the cantata on the death of Emperor Joseph II. In this 1965 recording with the New York Philharmonic, we hear a portion of her aria, Nunc dormit in tranquilla pace, and you hear her mastery also of this idiom. We have heard Martina Arroyo as a Beethoven singer. I wonder if she might even have sung Leonore in Fidelio, quite possibly. But she did also sing some Wagner roles. I mentioned Zenta. She also sang Elsa in Lohengrin at the Met in 1968, an enormously successful and convincing portrayal. From that same year, 1968, she also appeared in a radio recording of Arnold Schoenberg's post-romantic Gurrelieder under the baton of Janos Ferenczik. This recording is one of the best recordings ever of this piece, and in this excerpt of one of the heroine Tove's songs, Du sendest mir einen Liebesblick, you hear how Martina Arroyo might even have taken on some of the big Wagner dramatic parts. also might very well have been the Strauss soprano of one's dreams. I don't believe she ever took on any Strauss heroines, but in 1967, under the German conductor Günther Wandt, she made a radio recording of Richard Strauss's vier letzte Lieder that is one of the most sublime recordings ever made of these songs. If you don't know it, look it up. It outclasses and overshadows nearly every other version out there. You don't believe me? Here is the opening song Frühling. The recording was made in June 1967. Throughout her career, Martina Arroyo also sang spirituals on her concert programs, and I have three to offer you today. First, from that 1961 Liederabend recording, here is her delicious performance of I Got a Robe. I got a robe, you got a robe, all of us
1: children got a robe. When I get to heaven, I'm going to put on my robe, I'm going to shout all over God's heaven, heaven. Everybody's talking about him going there, and going to heaven. I'm gonna show up.
0: Next from the live Schwetzingen Liederabend in 1968 with Leonard Hokinson, we hear her playful performance of Little David Play on Your Harp. Last week's episode celebrated Dorothy Maynor, and I began the episode with a mini birthday tribute to Martina, performing the spiritual on my journey. That was from a 1974 LP called There's a Meeting Here Tonight, in which Martina was joined by Dorothy Maynor, leading the choirs of both the Harlem School of the Arts and St. James Presbyterian Church. At which Maynard's husband was the pastor. From that very beautiful recording, I present to you a spiritual arranged by Harry T. Burley. I stood on the River of Jordan.
1: (laughs) you <laughs>
0: Martina Arroyo singing some very beautiful and unexpected repertoire. To close off today's episode, though, I do want to return to the music of Giuseppe Verdi. One of her very finest portrayals was that of Leonora in La Forza del Destino. In 1970, she made a recording for EMI Records of the role of Leonora under the baton of Lamberto Gardelli. Now you probably think I'm going to play Pace, Pace, Mio Dio, but I'm going to play you instead the first act aria of Leonora, one of my very favorite Verdi arias, and certainly the least well-known of that heroine's arias. This is Me Pellegrina Ed Orfana. It is some of the most sublime Verdi singing I've ever heard, My dear ones, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been an immeasurable and indescribable joy to bring to you the phenomenal Martina Arroyo, a singer who has suddenly leapt up (laughs) to the very top of my list of great, 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 great singers. I hope that you've enjoyed taking that journey with me in exploring some of the most celebrated and some of the less familiar aspects of her career and repertoire. As I was preparing this episode, I found so many fantastic duets with Martina, and I have actually put together a set list that I'm hoping to put out as a bonus episode of Martina in duet, singing a wide variety of repertoire alongside a dizzying array of fellow great singers. I'm going to close with a live recording from 1971 of the Love Duet from Act Two of Ballo in Maschera. This is an extremely awkwardly written duet, and often we hear both tenor and soprano struggling with the demands that Verdi makes on both singers. But in this recording in the fall of 1971, Martina is joined by Luciano Pavarotti, who was making his role debut as Riccardo. This is live singing of the very highest caliber. I just don't think it gets any better than this. I'm just going to offer you the last portion. Charles Macaris leads the San Francisco Opera Orchestra.
1: Mami! Mami! Así ha è el rigor de su amor, amiguita del ser, tú.
0: a song in your heart and Daniel Guntler, a viva Martina.